Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. Thank you for joining us. The following episode was recorded live during our Sunday service. Sermon notes can be found online at grace417.com. The, the passage, the, the, the concepts, the, the principles, uh, that the theme, if you will, that God's laid on my heart as we move into 2019 is this right here. Rebuild, restore, and renew. If you guys say that with me, can you say rebuild, restore, renew. One more time. Rebuild, restore, renew. I want that just to sink in your heart. I want you to really grab a hold of that. And I'm going to add one more for this morning, and that's the word remember. You say remember? Remember. I should have remembered to put the... No, it's... (laughs) But we are going to talk about some remembering this morning. And I want to tell you guys a story uh, behind this this, this graphic here, um, we're uh, like, like we don't have a lot of staff here, okay? So we, we run lean and mean, hopefully not too lean, or I mean too, we need to be lean, but I mean not too mean, but, but we, we run lean as a, as a, as a staff, we, just, we don't have a huge staff. Um, so, so one of the ways we, we got our graphic design done is we um, borrow slash steal. That's, that's a very effective means of communication. So what, we'll, what that means is, so if the Lord lays something on my heart, like he laid this on my heart. So you ever heard this thing called Google? Man, it's amazing. You type stuff in and all kinds of stuff comes up. So we, you know, so we put it in Google. David, our office manager, pulls it up. We, hey, man, I like this. I like this. So, so we are, uh, we're going to um, just you know, copy paste. But what we often do is we'll reach out to a church that has produced something like this and we'll say, hey, can we use this? Can we borrow it? They'll send us the files, or we'll use it offline. We, we help other churches with it. Um, it's just kind of a thing churches do. Like, we all are, uh, run lean staffs, so we all help each other as much as we can. If, I mean, any of my friends, anybody I know, if there's something I have that they can use, I give it to them. If they have something they can use and I, I can use it, they give it to me. So, so this was actually from a Methodist church south of Houston. Um, and so David found it was, it was online, emailed and said, hey, can we use, can we have permission to use this graphic? Uh, can we use this? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And so he got this email back from their office manager named Chris at this church in, uh, in Friendswood, Texas. And I'm going to read you just the short part, portion of this email because that is pretty fascinating. It says, there's some background to that graphic. So in 2017, Hurricane Harvey swamped our little town. 80% of Friendswood was underwater, and the impact to all of us was apocalyptic. We were all in mud for almost a year, and a good number of us had to leave because their homes were too far gone. So our senior pastor led us all in that sermon series to get us all back together, refocused, and back towards normality again. I built that graphic from scratch at a difficult time for us. I hope you can put it to further good use. Isn't that an amazing story? Doesn't that make, I mean, that was an okay graphic before, but that's an awesome graphic now, isn't it? And, and, and I tell that story because like we, we all have had aspects of our life that need to be rebuilt, that need to be restored, that we need to be renewed. We need to remember what the Lord has done for us and what he wants to do. And, and as we move into 2019, I want to encourage us to really go after the Lord and let him, ask him to rebuild some stuff in our life, to restore some things, to renew some things. So I wonder what it is 
in your life that needs to be rebuilt? What is it in your life that needs to be restored? What aspect of your life needs renewal in it? These aren't aren't bad things. These are things about being human. Like, this is what happens when you live in a broken, fallen world is is things come into disrepair. There needs to be renewal in our life. If you you use something, it gets gets to where it needs to be rebuilt, renewed, restored. Even just this last week, I... uh, so I have this car, okay? You've heard me refer to my Yaris before. It's my Dave Ramsey car. If you know what I mean by that, it means it's paid off and it's usually really cheap to run, and so it helps us work towards other financial goals. But it's my, I call it my Dave, my Dave Ramsey car, and so I drive this car, driven this car for 10 years, 176,000 miles on it. That's, 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 that's miles, and... Uh, so this week, I, I had to make a choice, I had to make a decision, because my clutch wore out. And I love my kids. I love my kids. But after teaching three kids and all their friends how to drive a stick shift, I'm on clutch number, number two, number three, I'm not sure, but I'm, uh, so, so about $1,000 for a clutch. And then I needed a new water pump, and, 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 and so I'm looking at about 14 $1,400, and then you're looking at, you know, the point of diminished return in this car, right? Like, is it worth it? Well, barely, you know, is it? You know, do I keep investing in it? But, but man, once it runs, it runs cheap, and it's efficient, and it gets me where I need to go. And, and so just trying to weigh, weigh all of that out. And, uh, and, and, I, and as I was praying about it, thinking about it, it just really caused me to, to think about our culture today. And, and how many know we're like a throwaway culture, aren't we? Like everything is made to throw away. Everything is made to just, you use it up, you throw it away, and you buy a new one. And you just do that. And, and I even sensed, even with even getting this, 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 this car fixed, that the Lord was even speaking something to me of renewal, of rebuilding, of restoring. That, I mean, like we only have one life, right? Like you only have one life. You only have one body. Like there's only going to get one upgrade of our body in life. And that's when, we, that's when we get the ultimate promotion to heaven, right? That's the only upgrade we get. Up, to, up until then, it's just, we got one. And, 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 you know, there's, and how many you know there's like a limited quantity of relationships? How many you know there's a limited quantity of them? Because you'll see people that will burn through relationships, and then before long you'll notice they're, they don't have any. They've used them all up. Relationships are not of endless supply. They're a limited quality. So our physical bodies, our, 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 the spiritual aspect of us, our emotions, even relationships, our finances. So much of our life, if we're truly, truly honest, there needs to be some rebuilding. There needs to be some restoring. There needs to be some renewing. And so we're going to spend the next several weeks just talking about this. What does it mean to, to rebuild? What does it mean to, to renew? What does it mean to restore how do, we, how do we do this? The, 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 the base text for this, the, the foundational text for this is, is Isaiah 61. I want to turn you to that. Um, I want to have you turn to that chapter. If you don't have our app, you could download it. It's Grace 417. Um, it's on the App Store, and, and we put our notes in there, and our small groups are in there. It's always a great way to just, you can give through that. You can 
It's in prayer requests through it. It's just a great way to, to keep in touch. All these notes are on there, even some resources on what I'm going to talk about today that if you want to dig further, you can, you can dig further. Um, the, the, a couple of contexts of this passage, one context is a personal context, the other is the, the biblical context. Um, when, I was about, when I was about 15 years old, actually it was in January of 1985, I was sitting on my bed um, reading, uh, reading, my, reading my Bible, and, and as I read it, I ran across this passage in Isaiah. And man, the Lord just, you ever have those moments where the Lord just like, feels like he drops a bomb on you in a good way? Like you read something that maybe you've read before, but you've never read it before that way, or you, you see something you've seen before, but you've never seen it that way, or you just, you just get this sensing that God is just speaking to you, or he's just making something come alive. He did that in, sitting on my bed. And as I was, uh, as I was reading this, um, as a kid, as a teenager, um, the Lord, I just, he just downloaded that this was like my life call, like my life mission. Like this was what I call, for what I mean, one of my life verses. And if you don't have one of those, just ask the Lord and, 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 and say, Lord, would you give me some verses that will just speak to me, that will give me direction in my life, that will, that will help me be who you've called me to be. And, and he'll do that in your life. And this is one of my life verses. And so every so often I get this passage back out and, and I ask the Lord to rebuild, restore, and renew it. Because as you, as you live life, I mean, your life can be like a, a Yaris clutch. I mean, it just wears out after a while and it needs to be restored. It needs to be renewed. It needs to be rebuilt. And, and as you and as you live life, you just have to come back to these moments and these places of, Lord, renew, renew these things. And so for me, it's just been this, 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 guiding, this guiding biblical principle. And, and I didn't know it at the time. I mean, I thought it was like the, the coolest verse in the Bible. I never like, noticed. So I went to my youth pastor. I was like, man, look at this. Look at this passage. Look at this. Look at, look, look at this, right? And of course, any youth pastor, if their, if their youth comes, has actually read the Bible. Like, yeah, like, I mean, he was very, very affirming of me, you know? And, and he goes, hey, did you know that's in Luke 4? I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, actually, Jesus read that in synagogue to describe his ministry. And I was like, no way. I got the same verse as Jesus? Like, that was my, he's like, yeah, you know? And then I, but what I began to understand is this is really a verse for all of us. This is really what we are all called to be and to do. So this passage has always been a very, very important part of who we are as a church. Um, it's an important part of description of what God has called us to do as a church, what He's called to you for you to do individually as well. So, so without further ado, we'll read the first four verses of, of Isaiah sixty-one. I'm going to do something a little bit different. Well, actually, I'll give you the context. Okay. The biblical context of is this is the um, Isaiah was a prophet. He was in the southern um, nation of Judah. The nations had been split. He was in the southern half of the kingdom of Judah, and as he was prophesying, they had not yet gone into exile into Babylon. And he there was a form of godliness in the nation, but there was no power there. People kind of did church, but they weren't really serving Jesus. They weren't really going after him. It was it was all surface level. And he he began to prophesy in the first part of Isaiah are really, uh, is with, with all the prophets of, hey, judgment is coming. You've, you've forsaken God. You have uh, pursued the idols, worship the idols of this culture, not God. And there's judgment that's coming. There's a price to pay. 
This is what it's going to be. But, there, and there's always a message of hope and of restoration, but God's going to work in that and through that. And he's going to restore you, and he's going, to, he's going to do great, great things. And so this is the portion of the part talking about the restoration of God and of what he's, what he's going to do for the, for the nation of Israel but, or the, the people of God, but then also um, for, for, for us as well. Okay, so I'm going to read this, and then, and then I want us to... I'm going to read the first four verses myself, and then we're going to go back, and I want us to read them together corporately this morning. So here we go. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Jesus said this about himself, but it's also true of us, because we have his ministry of reconciliation. So let me start over again. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Isn't that a powerful passage? And I love that because it has that me pronoun in it. And so we are going, if you'll you'll go back to verse 1, I want to say, we'll follow the first part. I wasn't following the punctuation very very, very nicely, as my junior high grammar teacher would have wanted me to do. But we're going to follow the punch. So we'll pause where there's commas, because that's why commas are there, right? So, but I want us to read this together as a congregation. I think there's going to be power in this. I think it helps us verbalize what God is saying is true about us. So, so here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Awesome. You can leave, if you'll leave that slide up right there, that would be great. Wow. That's the ministry that God has called us to. That we are anointed, that we are set apart to do this. And, and, and as we look at, this, at this, this part right here, God is, what this actually is, this is multi-layer here. Because he's saying, God is going to use me to do this to others, and those others are going to go do this to even more others. Because he's on me to restore, and then those who are restored are going to go restore others. And we see this, this, this ongoing discipleship, healing, restoring process even right here in Isaiah. 
The key is that for us to rebuild, restore, and renew others, we ourselves have to be rebuilt, restored, and renewed. And as we are rebuilt, restored, renewed, and can I just say it's not like a one-time fix-all, done-all kind of thing? At least for me. For me, it's ongoing rebuilding. It's ongoing restoring. It's ongoing renewal. It's ongoing remembering. It's ongoing. It's not a one-time, one-and-done. It's ongoing. And as that goes on in my life, then I'm able to, by the Spirit of God, not me, but by the Spirit of God, able to rebuild, renew, and restore others who then go and renew and rebuild and restore others whose lives are in ruins, where the place they live, the, the life they live, is devastated. The place they live in is ruined. It's in disrepair. And it's been going on for a long time. And it's going to keep going on for generations unless God steps in. And that's why you and I are here. That's why we haven't gone to heaven yet. God's not finished with us. He's doing this in our life. And so as, as we look at this, God wants us to be rebuilt, restored, and renewed, and he wants us to do that in other people's lives because we are made different so that we can make a difference. We've been made different so that we can make a difference. And as I look at this whole idea of renewal, of rebuilding and restoring, I, I think of rhythms. And I think as we come beginning of the year, it's a great time to talk about rhythms, not like rhythm of how I dance, because I can't dance. I don't dance. It's not pretty. I'm talking about rhythms of life. I, I heard somebody say, I, I can't even exactly remember who it was, but I heard this, I don't know, a long, long time ago, and it's like, it's always stuck with me. And the saying was, divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. And it's a pretty good pattern of rhythm. Of to divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon a- annually, of, of how you live your life, that, that we want to be people who divert daily to the Lord. That every day that we have this place where we come to Him, and I would say places of the, of the day. I would say multiple times of the day. I would say, and we talked about this oh, back in November, but really try to spend at least three time, different time frames in the day with the Lord, in the morning, in the middle of the day, in the evening of just realigning, of, of renewing your walk with Him every day, of walking in that. That's one of the things I love about our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Like, for me, it, it, I, I, let me just say it, it's like not easy, okay? Let's just get that out there. The 21 days of prayer and fasting are not easy. But have you ever known anything in life that was really worthwhile, that was really easy? Usually the really worthwhile and stuff is not what's easy. And so what what we've done is is we have a a prayer guide for you guys that's going to be available when you leave. Grab one of these called 21 Days of Prayer. And in it is, it's a a prayer for each day, like just a way to kind of get started. There's a verse in there. It's just a way to, to help. You know, if you're getting up early and you're like, oh, Lord, where do I start? Well, here you go. Start with this. Don't stop with this, but start with this. This will help you. We also, to help you, we're going to have prayer here 
from 6 to 7, every, every weekday, Monday through Friday, for the next three weeks here. We'll have it right here. Um, there'll be a couple of dozen of us. That's kind of how many typically come. And uh, what we'll do is we'll start with a little bit of worship. I'll start with a little bit of the Word. Um, then we'll have about 30 minutes of, of individual prayer time. And then we'll have about 15 minutes of corporate prayer time together. We'd love for you to make it. You don't have to be here every, every week. I mean, every day. Like, if, if it works for you, come. You can drop in. You can come for part of it. You don't have to be here for all of it. It's just a, it's a tool to help you. Um, a Saturday, we'll, the next three Saturdays, we'll be here from 9 to 10. I want to make that available to you. So it just, it's a way to, way to help. And then fasting. I want to encourage you, if you've never fasted, to begin moving into fasting. Uh, uh, try some form of it. A couple of good websites. One of the, I think one of the best is crew.org, C-R-U.org. It's Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, Bill Bright's information is on there. Some of the best information on fasting. You can find it on there. Um, Daniel Fast is a good fast, basically fruits and vegetables uh, for 21 days. Um, Google Fasting, like there's plethora of information out there. And find some. Maybe you want to fast, make social media part of your fast. Um, maybe you want to make um, TV or just other types of things a part of, part of that fast. But um, I'm telling you, fasting helps remove distractions. Not at the first. Like at the first, it heightens distractions, right? Like this morning, our, one of our hospitality workers uh, chased me through the foyer with a box of donuts. Like she didn't know she was. She was just walking behind me with a box of donuts. But I... I felt like she was chained, like, get thee behind me, Satan, right? Because, you know, you know what I, okay, I don't know if you remember this. It was a couple years ago. We were, January, we were 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I thought, I thought it'd be a great idea if, one, if that Sunday morning we skipped donuts just to help everybody fast. Anybody here remember that? The day, the day pastor thought it would be a good idea to not, yeah, some of you with kids and grandkids, like, I remember that. I mean, it seemed like a good idea at the time, guys. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And so, yeah, I canceled the donut order. No donuts. We're fasting, right? Church fast, right? You should have seen the look on those kids' faces, like when they, no donuts. Yeah, pastor canceled the order. Pastor. (laughs) We got home. Heather's like, honey, honey, why didn't you ask me about that? I would have told you that was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. Nothing is being forced on you, right? We're not taking your donuts away. I'm just saying, just, I'm telling you, there's power in it. There's power in it. So make this a part. We have, um, we have 21 days of prayer, prayer. These are in your bulletin. If you're praying for something, we'll, we'll, we'll lay these out. If you want to put your name on it, that's great. But if, you, if it's something that's private, you're uncomfortable with it, you don't have to put your name on it. But we'll pray these out on the, we'll lay these out on the platform and we'll, end, we'll grab these and we'll pray over every card every day. Those of us are here. So if you need the Lord to do something, then they, if you're something going on in your life, something needs to be rebuilt, restored, renewed, put it down here. We want to pray with you. But if you do that, would you please do something else for me? When the Lord, and as the Lord answers that prayer, would you let us know that too? Because we're like the lepers in the New Testament. We're really good about asking Jesus, but we're not always good about coming back and thanking Jesus. And we want to be able to thank him as a body of believers. So, so if you would write down the request, but also as the Lord answers that, um, write that down. You can put those in the, 
You can put those in the offering basket as it goes in a little bit, and we'll make sure we, we pray over that as, as well. So we want to divert daily. We want to we spend time with the Lord, and then we want to withdraw weekly. We want to observe Sabbath, and we want to abandon annually. And this morning, for the next little bit of time I have left, um, we'll see how far I get. Um, I want to talk, I want to, I want to talk to us for just a few minutes about Sabbath about Sabbath. There is a there was a study done. I read, actually read a study from a medical doctor that he quoted a study called the Blue Zone and this Blue Zone study looked for the groups of people in the world who lived the longest and were healthiest. And so they they went around the world looking for this and he identified groups that lived about a dozen years longer than than the general population. And and the study said there were kinds of things in there you would expect. They didn't smoke, they had a diet low in animal fat, they walked a lot. They valued family and relationships, okay? But in the United States, the community that met the criteria was in Loma Linda, California. Loma Linda, California is a high concentration of Seventh-day Adventists. And Seventh-day Adventists are Sabbath keepers. And so they, they keep the seventh day, they keep the Sabbath. And, and on average, this cohort in Loma Linda lived 12 years longer than the rest of America. And what's interesting is if you take the number of Sabbaths that they observed each year of their life for an average lifespan and, and took, took that number each year, multiplied it by the number of their average lifespan, then divided that number by 365, you end up with about a dozen years. Isn't that interesting? Is that a coincidence? I don't know. But it's so interesting to me that the number of extra years they lived was roughly the equivalent of the number of days that they kept the Sabbath. Wow, interesting, isn't it? The Bible hints at the cause and effect of uh, keeping the Sabbath, of it being a long life. So, so what does even the word Sabbath mean, right? That's not like a, a common word in our, in our vernacular. Sabbath is a Hebrew word which means to stop, to cease, to keep, to stop, to cease, to keep. Maybe you've heard the, maybe you kind of heard the word Sabbath. That's what it means to, to stop, to cease, to keep. And I think, like in our Christian culture, that it'd be real easy for us to think, well, if I make it to church on Sunday, well, let me let me back up. If I make it to church on most Sundays, then I'm keeping Sabbath. And I, I wanna, I'm going to challenge that a little bit. I'm going to press it a little bit. I think there's a whole lot more to this than what just showing up for a church service. And, and I think the Lord has so much, so much more for us. In 1991, someone at a flea market bought a, a, just bought a picture that they really, really liked a lot. They found it, they, in, the, in this picture frame they found, they, there was a document hidden. They, they saw this very old document. They recognized it. They noticed it. They really didn't think anything about it. But this guy hung out with other people that like to buy old stuff at flea markets. And this other friend of his, after saw it a couple years later, realized the potential value in it, actually did some research on it and discovered that it was actually a first edition copy of the Declaration of Independence and over, worth over a million dollars. Wow. I read another story about somebody who picked up a $3 Chinese bowl and later, it was sold through Sotheby's for $2.2 million. Treasure is all around us. 
Treasure was around these guys, but the problem was that somebody there didn't know the value of it. And I think Sabbath is around us. We think of Sabbath, we talk of Sabbath, we hear of Sabbath. But I think we don't truly understand, I throw myself in on this, truly fully understand the true value of Sabbath. I think part of the reason is muscle memory. Like we live in a world that's go, 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 go. Like a great book on Sabbath is a book 24-6. It's written by a medical doctor, Dr. Sleeth. And, and what's so great about it is, is uh, you know, we live our lives mostly 24-7. And his thesis is, well, let's just live life 24-6, six days a week. But we go just go, 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 go. We go so hard our muscle memory is just to go, 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 go. Like this week, we, remo- or we, re- we, we move some stuff around. Uh, Jacob and Heather moved some stuff around in the kitchen, kind of reorganized the kitchen. Well, they moved the coffee cups, okay? Like the, from, from to the right of the refrigerator to the right of the sink. Like I don't, I don't know how many times I've gone over here to this cabinet to get the coffee cup, and then I realize, like I know it's supposed to be more efficient, and I'm sure it will be once I quit walking back and forth across the kitchen. But my body still lives like the coffee cups are over here. Especially in the morning when you haven't had the coffee, right? Because you need coffee to get the coffee. You know what I mean? So, so it's, and I think that's kind of how we live our life. We just, we just have muscle memory of go, 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 go. That even when we try to adapt, try to change, our muscle memory is taking us other places. And, and I think Sabbath is one of the things that the Lord wants us. I know he tells us to remember, remember the Sabbath. And to keep it holy, not to make it holy. He made it holy, but to keep it holy. And the, the reason we have to remember it is because we have a tendency to forget. Because honestly, like we really don't like, like limits a lot in our life. We, we don't like limits. We have a, near the, near the back here, we have an electrician here named Dave Myers. And Dave, would you wave at everybody? I'm, I know I'm kind of throwing you up, but he's, a, he's, a, he's an electrician and he's been in the church a long time. Long time, and and we've done a lot of remodel projects here together. And whenever we do remodel projects, we always have a conversation that goes something like, "Hey, Dave, how about if we do this, 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 and this?" And he's like, "Pastor, that, that just that's just that's just not going to work because um, the the load won't we we." we the load won't handle that. And I know I'm not saying all the words right, but it won't. Because I remember when we were doing like redoing the lights in here, and we stuff we wanted to do, and he's like. Like, Jay, we, we, just, we just can't do that. The, the breakers won't allow for them. I'm like, well, can we buy bigger breakers? We just put bigger breakers in, right? That'll fix it. He's like, no, you don't, you don't understand. Like, the breakers are that, I, I think it's amperage, for a reason. Because that's the load. That's the limit. Like, well, you get bigger ones, it'll greater capacity. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, there's wires that will burn up. There's fixtures that will burn. There's only so much power coming into, like, there's these limits that we, and he goes, not only are there limits, he goes, there's actually supposed to be margin, margin on those limits. So you, I'm like, oh man, really? And I think we live our life that way. And we wonder why our breakers flip. We wonder why our lights go out, right? In our lives, because we just, we're, we're operating at a capacity that we were never intended to, to operate out and we burn out and we blow up and we go at a pace that God has never intended for us. And Sabbath is, is a reminder. It's a limit. It's something that God has put into place to remind us that we're not our own. We're, we're bought with a price. And he's saying we need to stop, rest, and worship. 
We need to stop. We need to rest. We need to worship. Wow, I didn't even get to all I wanted to talk about today. Wow, how do you do this, Jay? I told Heather, it's like, Heather, this is going to be a short one. I was like, I'm working really hard. It's going to be shorter. Once again, I'm proving a liar. <laughs> Lord, where do you want me to? Okay, I'm going to show you guys something. I want to tell you guys something. Okay, here we go. It's all good. We're going to get to it next week. Don't worry, you're not going to miss out. I'm saving it for you. Two, I think two of the most common questions that I get and I hear about in regard to the Sabbath are, are number one, what do I do? What do I, so if it's Sabbath, what do you do on Sabbath? Can I just say how American question that is? Like, Sabbath means to stop and rest, right? And our question is, what do I do? Can you just think, just think about that, right? Sabbath means stop, cease, rest. Okay, now what do I do? I'm the same way. It's muscle memory. Where are the coffee mugs, right? Oh, I haven't even time to even give you all the verses about Sabbath yet. We'll do that next week. But hey, homework, read Genesis 2, verses 1 to 4. Read that. I'll just read it right now. Okay, we got time. Go to Genesis. Here we go. We'll just read this and I'll break it down next week. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, but the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And then later we'll see in Moses' writing where that seventh day is in called Sabbath. Okay, so there you, so it's actually in the Bible what I'm talking about. Okay, so now you know it's in the Bible. So the first question is, what do I do? Okay, wrong question. We cease, we stop. How about we just be human beings instead of human doings for a while? You just stop. And then the other, the other question is, well, how do I make time for the Sabbath? How do, I, how do I make time? I'm so busy. How do I make time? Can I just submit this to you, that you cannot make time? God makes time. You cannot make time. He is, he is the one who has made time. You steward time, manage time. You obey him, but you don't make, you can't make time. Only God is able to make time. You can't kill time. And you say, oh yeah, I have. I have to kill some time. But we do. We live like, like we can make time and we can kill time. God is the creator of time. He's in charge of time. The question is, how will we respond to what he has put into place? And so I want to, I want to share with you as we, as we wrap up this morning, I want to show you something that was Psalm 46.10. When I, as a, I don't know, there's something about a kitchen in my sermon this morning. So when I was a kid growing up in the kitchen, I don't know, we didn't have, I mean, the dishwasher when I was growing up was called Jay and Tammy. Tammy's my sister's name. It wasn't named Kenmore or Woolpole. It was named Jay and Tammy because we didn't have a dishwasher. So we, we, we were the, man, I thought that would be funnier than that. I really did. Like in my mind, that was funny. But so, so this is the direction of our, of our kitchen. We had our sink there and we had cabinets on either side. And I, I remember I spent lots of time doing dishes. On the left side was this plaque. And this is, this is what was on this plaque. Will you put up the, the Psalm 46? This is, what was, this is what was on the plaque. Psalm 4610. Be still and know 
that I am God. Can we just say that together? I know I'm, we're, we're, we're like saying a lot of stuff in unison today, and we don't normally do that. I just think we're supposed to do that today. So one, two, three, be still and know that I am God. All right. All right. Now watch what happens when you drop a word from this. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know that I Be still and know that. Be still and know. Be still and. Be still. Be. Wow, isn't that powerful? I remember that from a kid. I think that's the heart. Sabbath. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know that I. Be still and know that. Be still and know. Be still and be still. Just be. So I have two questions I want to leave you with this morning. Two questions for you to answer. What needs to be rebuilt, restored, renewed, remembered in your life? What is it? Identify it. Begin to ask the Lord. May this be a part of what your 21 days of prayer is a part of as you pray. And the next question is, what is your next step of obedience to the Lord? What's your next step of obedience to the Lord? What's your next step of obedience? You bow your heads with me. Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who rebuilds, restores, or renews us, Lord. We remind ourselves of that today. You're that kind of God, and I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, the very beginning of 2019. Lord, you're drawing us to yourself. Lord, you're inviting us, Lord, to walk closer to you than we've ever walked in our lives. To trust you, Lord to a greater degree than we've ever trusted you in our life, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that. Lord, I thank you even now, Lord, you're speaking to people's hearts and in their life, Lord. You're giving them next steps, Lord, of obedience. You're giving them a picture of what you want to rebuild, restore, and renew. Lord, we can't do that ourselves. Lord, only your Spirit can do that. It's going to be a good year, guys, because God's in it. We trust that this teaching made a difference in your life. If you would like more information on giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com. Thank you for joining us, and we pray you have a blessed day.